0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And welcome to another episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. I am your host, Artenius Colvin, coming to you live from the state of South Carolina. And I would like to welcome welcome you to my first episode of 2024. Oh, man, I'm so grateful to see another year, grateful for, you know, how God took us through 2023 and allowed us to, you know, go through so many things that we may not have thought that we would have been able to go through. But with his grace and mercy and his strength, he allowed us to make it through. And here we are in January 2024, not knowing what we're going to run into, but, you know, we're still giving God praise, still giving God thanks. Just for who he is, because whatever we go through, we know that God is always with us. So again, welcome to another episode. I am your host, Arthenius Colvin with One Touch Transformation. So this year is is special for me. Um, the reason why it's special is because One Touch Transformation is actually turning ten. So it's about 10 years ago that i actually decided that i wanted to share my story publicly and also wanted to help other survivors and you know not just help them by sharing my story but also let them know that healing is available so i started one touch transformation 10 years ago where our mission has always been about you know educating the community about sexual abuse so we had to you know of course tell everyone what sexual abuse is because believe it or not some people are just so oblivious to it and some are just ignorant of what it really is because no one really talks about it and so that was always part of our mission just educating people on what sexual abuse is what it looks like um, how to pay attention to signs even when it comes to children who are being abused and not just children but even adults some of the signs that we may not see and also you know what it can look like even as an adult whenever you have been abused as a child. And so again, that's been a part of our mission, educating the community about sexual abuse while encouraging and empowering all victims and survivors. The other part is like, was one of my favorite parts because I can remember when I started my journey that I had a hard time, you know, finding resources that focus more so on the healing part. There were a lot of books and there were a lot of things that I found where they talked about sexual abuse, you know, the effects of it. And, yes, there are several effects that people just just don't know about, I mean, just really unaware of how much it affects an individual. And so I was able to find different books and a lot of information about, you know, the statistics of it, um, how to prevent it or how to look for different signs again, and just the effects of it that you know, particularly follow you. Uh, I mean, if I'm just being honest, the rest of your life and how it can take control over your life if you do not heal from it. And so I I remember just thinking and wondering, like, where are the resources that focus on the healing side of it? I want to know how to overcome it because I don't want to be stuck and always dealing with the past of my uh, of abuse. Like I really wanted to you know, heal from it. I wanted to become free because I was held captive for so long, not knowing, you know, because I, I was living as if everything was okay and had suppressed what had happened to me as a child for many years. And it wasn't until, you know, 20 years later, it like, oh, and now it comes out. But nevertheless, fast forward, um, 10 years ago, I knew that there was more that I wanted to do. When I finally shared my story and, you know, shared my story with my family, I, you know, made it clear that, look, I know I need help. I need to go talk with um, a counselor. I need to go to therapy. And so I did. And after going through my sessions, that's when I knew that there was more that I wanted to do. I didn't just want to sit back and, you know, that's it. I've gone through the process, the healing process. There was more that I wanted to do because I knew what it felt like to, you know, be alone alone or when you're looking for what you need in order to be free or in order to really find your voice and to regain your power. Like, I know what that feels like. And so I was like, okay, I know that there are others who are in search for the same thing. And me being a spiritual person, you know, having a relationship with God, I just knew within myself that I could help someone else, that God could use me to to help others overcome, to help others regain their power, to help others find their voice again, to help others just be free. Because, again, I knew what it felt like wanting to be free, wanting to, you know, live without being stuck or being, you know, just, again, captain from my own my own past. It, it wasn't fun. It, it never is fun. But, Again, I am so grateful for, for what God placed inside of me, how he allowed me to start the organization, and just everything that came along with it, it has been such a beautiful and learning experience and i would not trade it for anything everything that i was able to just do within the community the support that i had from my family my friends and the community different individuals that i was able to meet other survivors that i was able to meet i mean there are some that i still keep in contact with i call them my survivor sisters and i just really appreciate them i appreciate even you know local centers like rape crisis centers who are fighting for others like me, whether they're boys and girls or whether they're adults because everyone's story everyone's story matters. Everyone's story it, it it matters. It really does. There there's I don't know, there it's just it's a passion that's inside of me just to help others overcome because again I know what it feels like. To, to feel helpless, to feel hopeless, to feel like your voice doesn't matter or that your story doesn't matter, when you don't have the support that you need and that you're longing for, I I, I get it. I get it. And so tonight I, I want to focus on, you know, a, a story in the Bible that, you know, I have come to really study more of 10 years ago, you know, when I was, on this journey of starting One Touch Transformation um, because, like I said, I'm a spiritual person, and I definitely wanted to share um, my expertise, I guess you can say, with churches because oftentimes churches do not talk about rape or sexual assault, child abuse, is one of those taboo topics already. And so I know if it's taboo within our families and within our communities, and, of course, it is taboo within the churches. I mean, a lot of churches just kind of skip over those subjects, but they are so important. Like, it is is—it is key. Like, awareness is key. And in order for awareness to take place, then, of course, the conversation has to take place. And so another another thing that we were able to do with One Touch Transformation is to have the um, Spark the Convo, which was um, when we went into the churches and did presentations, we we were able to collaborate with local rape crisis center and child abuse Prevent- prevention centers and just really take the resources to the churches because a lot of times churches do not know what to do in the case of an assault or abuse or that's going on in the congregation. And, and, you know, it it is okay if you are not sure or unaware, but at least know who your resources are, where your resources are, what to do, what the proper protocol is. And that was the purpose of Spark the combo: going in, giving them the tools that they needed, the resources that are in the community so that they're able to help you know, their congregation. And and leaders, it is important for you to understand and know what sexual abuse is, what it looks like, um, who to contact if you were to have someone come up to you and, you know, share their story. But, again, I'm grateful. Um, there's so much that I can say, but I'm going to use, you know, part of this year to celebrate the 10 years. So this is only the beginning, this is only the beginning, and just to set up for what's to come. And, um, yeah, let's get right into our story. Some of you may have heard it. Some of you may not have. But let us go to 2 Samuel Chapter 13. So the title of tonight's show is called I Used to Be Tamar. I Used to Be Tamar. So Tamar, of course, is the character that we're going to discuss. We're going to talk about Tamar and how this woman experience <laughs> pretty much uh, not the exact same abuse but very similar and as we read the story we'll talk more and more about it and because um, I'm not I'm not going to share all of my story but I will kind of do some in and outs as far as like what we're talking about Tamar so yes all right, so Second Samuel chapter 13, and this is the NIV, New International Version. And so it's, it's titled Amnon and Tamar, 13th verse, beginning at verse 1. I'm sorry, 13th chapter, beginning at verse 1. <laughs> in the course of time, Amnon, son of David, fell in love with Tamar, the beautiful sister of Absalom, son of David. All right, so I'm gonna pause right there because this is kind of setting up who Tamar is, so Tamar is the son of i'm sorry the daughter of King David, so we know you know King David is very popular character in the Bible, <laughs> very popular character, and so he has a son named Amnon, he has a son named Absalom, and he has a daughter named Tamar, all right. All right, so Amnon became so obsessed with his sister, Tamar, that he made himself ill. She was a virgin, and it seemed impossible for him to do anything to her. So first of all, you were in love with your sister. You are obsessed with your sister. You're so in love with her that it may, you're making yourself sick. That's That's how much you love her. That's how much you're you're obsessed with her. And I'm not just talking about love her in a brotherly way, but you are in love with her in a sick way. So he's obsessed with her, and now he's sick. And it says she was a virgin, and it seemed impossible for him to do anything to her. Oh, my goodness. Like, I'm telling you, there is (laughs) nothing Nothing that we see, you know, on TV or in movies that hasn't been written in the Bible. (laughs) That lets me know, like, these things have been going on for a long time. So, like the Bible says, nothing new under the sun. It really isn't. All right, third verse says, now Amnon had an advisor named Jonadab, son of Shamiah, David's brother. Jonadab was a very shrewd man. He asked Amnon. Why do you, the king's son, look so haggard morning after morning? Won't you tell me? Amnon said to him, I'm in love with Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. So Jonadab asked him, like, what is wrong with you? Every morning you're looking ill and you're dragging it like, oh, what's up? And he had the nerve to tell him, like, I'm in love with my sister. Even though he didn't say it that way, but I'm in love with my with my brother, Absalom's sister. In other words, you're in love with your sister. Fifth verse says, go to bed and pretend to be ill. Listen to that, Jonadab. Look at there. They are already uh, plotting. Go to bed and pretend to be ill, Jonadab said. When your father comes to see you, say to him, I would like my sister Tamar to come and give me something to eat. Let her prepare the food in my sight so I may watch her and then eat it from her hand. So now he's got Jonadab in his ear, helping him plot, (laughs) pretend to be ill, and then ask your father if Tamar can come and feed you. Let her fix the food and you eat it from her hand. (laughs) Crazy. Sixth verse says, So Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. Look at him. When the king came to see him, Amnon said to him, I would like my sister Tamar to come and make some special bread in my sight so I may eat from her head. David sent word to Tamar at the place, go to the house of your brother Amnon and prepare some food for him. So Tamar went to the house of her brother Amnon who was lying down. She took some dough, kneaded it, made the bread in his sight, and baked it. Then she took the pan and served him the bread, but he refused to eat. All right, so now it seems like his plan is working. Tronadev and Amnon, they had con- concocted this plan, pretending he's sick, asked his father Tamar to come in and make, her, make him some food and feed her. All right, so Tamar, she went to the place. She started fixing some food for him, took the pan of bread to serve, but then he refused to eat. So send everyone out of here, Amnon said, so everyone left him. 10 verse says, then Amnon said to Tamar, bring the food here into my bedroom so I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the bread she had prepared and brought it to her brother Amnon in his bedroom. But when she took it to him to eat, he grabbed her and said, come to bed with me, my sister. No, my brother, she said to him, don't force me. Such a thing should not be done in Israel. Don't do this wicked thing. What about me? What could I get rid of? Where could I get rid of my disgrace? And what about you? You will be like one of the wicked fools in Israel. Please speak to the king. He will not keep me from being married to you. But he refused to listen to her. And since he was stronger than she, he raped her. And so I want to pause even at those three verses. What what really threw me off. But I know things were done differently back then than they are now, and then, again, there are still some people who practice these same practices. But Tamar was willing to marry her brother, you know, so he wouldn't rape her. Like, that says a lot. I mean, that is so confusing at the same time, but she knew how much disgrace it would bring upon her and him because... How do people look at women who who are no longer virgins, especially if they're having sexual intercourse out of wedlock? So it's like, look, I'm going to be a disgrace. You're going to be a disgrace because of what you're doing because this is evil, this is wicked. You shouldn't be doing this. And so she's like, why don't you just ask our dad, ask King David. He, he will not, you know, deter me from marrying you. But he refused to listen to her. And it says since he was stronger than she, he raped her. Then Amnon hated her with intense hatred. Now, how are you going to rape your sister and then turn around and just hate her? It said with intense, he hated her more than he had loved her. And we knew how much he was in love with her, how obsessed he was. And so now all of a sudden, after you have raped her, now you hate her more than you were in love with her or more than you were obsessed with her. Amnon said to her, get up and get out. Sixteen verse said, no, she said to him, sending me away would be greater wrong than what you have already done to me. But he refused to listen to her. He called his personal servant and said, get this woman out of my sight and bolt the door after her. He didn't say, get my sister. He said, get this woman out of my sight. Like he straight up hated her, but you just raped her. So you rape your sister and then kick her out like she's nothing or like she's a nobody. And then he says, bolt the door after her. So his servant put her out, bolted the door after her. She was wearing an ornate robe, for this was the kind of garment the virgin daughters of the king wore. Tamar put ashes on her head tore the ornate robe she was wearing. She put her hands on her head and went away, weeping aloud as she went. Twenty first, and we're going to stop there. Her brother Absalom said to her, Has that Amnon, your brother, been with you? Be quiet for now, my sister. He is your brother. I did not like that, but we'll talk about that later, too. Don't take this thing to heart. And Tamar lived in her brother Absalom's house, a desolate woman. Sad <sighs> story. I'm uh, not sure if She remained desolate for the rest of her life um, because it doesn't talk too much more about Tamar and the other verses and chapters. Um, There is more to the story. Um, (laughs) Amnon does get what Absalom feels like he deserves, but uh, like I said, we're not going to talk about that part. We want to focus more on Tamar and and what happened to her, her story. So, just quick recap of what I just read. So, this was in Second Samuel chapter thirteen, verses one through twenty. Verses one through twenty. Um, so, Tamar, daughter of King David, you know, king of the Israelites, one of God's chosen. His daughter, Tamar, was raped by one of his sons, Amnon. And so, today we will, you know, of course, call that incest. Because she was raped by a family member, which we know is you know wicked, is evil, is wrong. Um, any any kind of rape is wrong, of course. But when we're talking about incest, it's on a you know another level uh, or a different level, I should say. Um, like I said, every story is important. Every story should matter, or it does matter. But we're talking about Tamar, who had to experience incest, raped by her brother. It. It's no wonder that she became a desolate woman, you know, and the way he, you know, did this or plotted to get her in his bedroom, forcing her because he was stronger than her, you know, and she begged him, like begged him not to do it and was willing to even marry him so he wouldn't have to do it, but he refused to listen, and so he raped her. But, what I you know just don't understand and still will never understand about rapists in general, um why he did it number one um uh, we and one of the things that you'll learn when it comes to predators, it's never about sex. rape is never about sex; it's all about power and control. Someone who is stronger is able to control the weaker party, not saying that you know, that person is a weak person but if they're bigger, if they're stronger, if they're older, they have more control, they have more power, then they're able to take advantage of the its prey, you know? Um, predators, they you know, come in different colors, different sizes, male, females, you name it, you know. Sometimes we may look at different individuals and like, nah, but yes, um, they're in churches, they're in communities, they're in high positions. You just never know. Um, they're just lurking, you know. <laughs> um, and when it comes to our children and how they're able to even assault, abuse children, it's through a grooming process. And we see how, you know, Tamar's brother, Haamnon. He pretty much kind of groomed the whole situation. Like he he groomed King David, first of all, by saying, hey, I'm not feeling well. Can I get, can you ask Tamar to come, you know, cook for me and come feed me? So, you know, King David's like, sure, you're not feeling well. Hey, I have your sister come in here. He has Tamar to bake him some bread and do all this and, hey, come feed me. And the moment that he was able to get full control over her and force her, then he was able to rape her. And so the same process when it comes to children, those perpetrators, they, they groom the children. And even with the darkness to light program, the training, it teaches you that they groom the parents first and then they groom the children. Because a lot of times, almost, What 97% of the time Victims know who the perpetrators are They are familiar with them Especially when it comes to children Children know they're rapists Why? Because they've been around They're family members They're friends of the family They're familiar with them They trust them because hey you've been coming around Mama and dad is okay with you Mom and dad allow you to come to my house So yes I trust you I'm able to be around you And then parents they trust them like okay i shouldn't have to worry about if i step out of the room something happens or any if you're anywhere else around my child and something i shouldn't have to worry about it but sadly we do Uh, especially in this day of time like we really have to be mindful of who we allow around children i mean that's why they have the background checks in place because you don't want any and everybody just working around children you don't want rapists working around, you know, children, child molesters. Like all of these things are in place for a purpose because this has been going on so long, for too long, and have not, and it has not been talked about enough. And so, it 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 will forever, it will forever be a part of one such transformation is a part of the conversation because in order for things to take place, in order for change to happen, you know, like I said, awareness is key. The conversation has to be made. And just imagine how many other Tamars there are out there in the congregation, in the schools, on your job. Like you may be working with the Tamar now and you just don't know it. It's one of those things where it's difficult to actually say, it happened to me. Everyone has not gotten to that point yet hasn't got to the place where they can say it happened to me or, as the old movie was going, me too. That's so I'm so grateful for that movement, by the way, because it was the one time where I felt like I was a part of something so major, not that it was, you know, not a good thing, not, you know, but you get what I'm saying. It. I felt like I was a part of, you know, such a wonderful movement, and I, you know, still am. Um, but it, it gave others a chance to to speak up, whether it was for the first time or whether it was publicly or, you know, however they felt comfortable enough to do it, and it just made me smile, just realizing like, hey, I'm not alone. I wasn't the only one that this happened to, and not a, I don't know, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing how those words, those two words became so powerful that year. Me too. And, you know, and there are still others who are out there suffering in silence. And, you know, my heart still goes out to those who have not been able to share their story yet. And it is okay. It is okay. You do not have to share your story publicly. You don't have to share it with the whole world. That was the decision I made. But I will say, tell someone, like tell somebody that you trust, someone that you know, of course, has your best interest. Someone who's not going to to judge. Someone that you can confide in. It's important to kind of, to release that because I think about how long I held on to my story, how I tried to suppress. Every single thing that happened from the age of six up until you know 26, trying not to say anything about it, and you know it was. I got to a point where I suppressed it, that it was almost as if I pretended that it didn't happen. But it 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 didn't stay there. It didn't stay that way. It did not stay that way. Eventually, it began to erupt. The thoughts, the emotions, the um, the tr- everything that triggered it, it began to erupt. So it it was no longer you know dormant because it never went away. It was still there. I suppressed it to make it feel like it went away, but it never went away. But 20 years later, when I was able to finally face it and finally speak up about it, you know, it started a new journey. It was not easy. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, oh, it was easy. Is a decision because it wasn't. It took a lot inside of me. It took, you know, definitely support in order to even continue sharing my story. You know, it was it was tough. It was tough sitting down with my family to tell them for the first time what happened, how I felt, what I had been experiencing, the effects of it. It it was a lot. And like I said, a lot of people do not realize all of the effects that come along with sexual abuse, especially when it happens to you as a child and you don't heal from it and it carries over to your adulthood, the impact of it is even greater. I mean, it's it's a lot. It is a lot. But through it all, I'm grateful that I was, you know, able to face it. I'm grateful that I did make the decision to want to heal. I'm grateful, again, for being able to share my story so that it may help others. Because I'm telling you, starting off telling it, it was hard. It was hard. And there were times where it was so difficult to tell it without crying. But then it's like the more I shared it, the more I began to smile, the more I got joy of just, you know, really sharing it because I knew it was helping someone. And it's it's been a beautiful journey. It really has. And so I I think about Tamar's. And my heart—I yeah, know it was a long time ago when it happened in the Bible—but my heart goes out to her because she became a desolate woman. And I think about how many people are still in a desolate place because they have not been able to deal with the past of sexual abuse or deal with any abuse that they've gone through. Because it's—it's it's a very hurtful, traumatic experience, you know. It's like no other experience. No one likes trauma. And I know that there are all types of trauma, but when we're talking about the trauma of of sexual abuse, it it affects you emotionally. It affects you mentally. It affects you even physically because all of that is connected. Like whatever you deal with emotionally and mentally, it affects you physically. And and there are still some things that, you know, I try to piece together even at 37 there are some things that I often wonder if is, a you know, an effect from what happened when I was a child. And it very well could be, but I don't know. It's like, theoretically, it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I could piece some things together, but at the same time, it's a lot that I just, I'm just not sure of. But I am, yeah, very sure of the effects of it, yes. I can tell you there are definitely some mental, emotional, and physical effects of it. And I can even remember when I started my journey as, as far as, like, when I shared my story with my family for the first time, it it did take me to a dark place. It took me back, actually, back to when I was just a child. It was as if I reverted back to a child. So I was, like, you know, about 26 years old, and I felt like I returned back to that six-year-old. And And that's how it is whenever – you're you're facing your past when you're dealing with it. It makes you feel like that that little girl again, and it's it's a lot that you do have to face, but it's needed in order to overcome. And so, at, at, of course, while you're in that place, you can't see it. It doesn't make sense, and you're and you're wanting it to. Like, hurry up and end, because I can remember, like, praying to God, like, God, how much longer do I have to deal with this? I am tired of going through this. I'm just ready to come out on the other side. But guess what? He did not rush it for me. I, (laughs) I had to take my time, and I was on his time. I had to take my time and just go through whatever it was that I had to go through. Because if you think about it, we're talking about dealing with 20 years of suppressed memories. You know, and there are so many people who have suppressed longer than 20 years. So it, it's going to be a journey. It's going to be a struggle. But if, if you don't want to remain desolate, if you don't want to remain in that dark place, if you really want freedom, if you want to regain your power, if you want to find your voice again, then it's going to take facing in it. There's no other way around it. You have to face it so that you can overcome. And this is not something that I'm just talking about what I heard, but I'm talking about what I know and what I had to go through and even what I still go through. It's pretty much a lasting effect, but I try not to look at it in that way. I don't allow it to control who I am. I don't allow it to control, you know, what I can do, what I'm capable of doing. Yes, I know it happened. And I do realize that we will never forget it. It's something that never goes away. But you do not have to allow it to control who you are and who God is destined you to be and who he is destined you to become. I mean, God is a healer of physical illnesses. So that lets me know that, you know, God is a healer even over anything that deals with our uh, emotional or, or our mental illnesses, you know. It's not just limited to what he can do fit for us physically, but he can heal broken hearts. He can heal desolate men and women who have been dealing with the pain of their past. And even though though what was set up for evil, whoever hurt you, whoever traumatized you, hey, yeah, they have meant it for evil, but guess what? God meant it for your good. He'll turn it around and use it for your good. And that's been the best part about One such Transformation and being able to share my story. I have seen, you know, how it has helped others. And it, I always say it's not about me. It is not about what I can do, what I'm able to do, or how I'm able to help someone. But it's all about God getting the glory out of it. And every time that I tell my story, I I just pray that someone, can find freedom or want to say, hey, I want to be free. What do I have to do, to, you know, to be able to share my story like that? And so it's my way of, of showing the goodness of God and uh, showing how powerful he really is and how he is capable of even working through stories like this, you know, traumatic stories, traumatic events. So many times we hear about how he, you know, working miracles, performing miracles in others' lives, whether it has to do with healing in the bodies or, or a car accident or any other kind of random act. But guess what? He can heal those who have been hurt from trauma, and I'm talking about from sexual abuse, from rape, assault, from incest. Look, I my rape, I, it was through incest. And so that's why my heart, like, when I used to read this story, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I know the pain. I feel her pain. When she begged him to not do it, when she was asking him to stop. Now, granted, I was only six years old, and, you know, and this is the case for a lot of the people. A lot of times you freeze up. Sometimes people aren't able to say no. You freeze up. And... You know it happens, and so we have to even remind those who were similar similar to that case as far as like freezing up not being able to say no, hey, look, it's still not your fault, it's not your fault because it's it's evil, it's wicked, and that's not what God would want. And I know it will leave you questioning God and, you know, asking God, like, why me? Why did it have to happen to me? Why did you choose me to go through this? Yes, I had those same questions. Yes. And it took me a while to really, I guess, accept that, number one, that it did happen, and number two, that it can be used for God's glory. So instead of, you know, focusing on the hands, why did it happen to me? Why I had to be one to go through this? Because I'm telling you, I I questioned it over and over, many times, many times. But it wasn't until I finally reached, you know, that that point of accepting, like, okay, it's not going to change, you know. And I know that sounds kind of harsh, questioning and beating yourself up and asking God, it's not going to change the fact that it did happen. Because hey, it did happen. I can't erase it. I can try to. I can suppress it, but it still doesn't change the fact that it happened. And so then I had to accept it, that it did happen, and that I was the one who went through it, but I could also be the one to help others. And I feel like 10 years ago when I, you know, was Tamar, It was before I realized, like, hey, there's something more that I could do. I wasn't just destined to, you know, go through life and be average and just, that's it, do the bare minimum. But when I realized, like, when I found my freedom, when I regained my power and and found my voice, when I realized how powerful the voice is, when you realize how powerful the voice is, like, man, man, Nobody can shut you up And I know people got tired of me sharing my story But I did not care I know people were upset that I shared my story But I did not care (laughs) And I still do not care Because guess what, it's my story And it happened to me And it's my way of Using my power, using my voice And so that God can be glorified You have a story I guarantee that someone needs to hear it. I have always felt that everyone's story uh, served a purpose for someone else. And, again, you may not share it with the whole world or share it on large platforms, but I've always felt like every story is for someone. I don't know who it is. I feel like everyone is assigned to a story, you know, Assigned to someone's story, but that's how I feel about it. And you know, God works in mysterious ways. And and there have been so many times where I've shared my story at different venues, whether it was at a church or at a community event. There will always be someone to come up to me afterwards, whether they were sharing their story for the first time or you know just to give me a hug. And and that's how I know that God is being glorified because. Something I said or just being able to use my voice, it, it makes a difference when, when other people need to hear it and the right people hear it. I'll never forget I was at a church and I think a 60-year-old came to me, shared her story for the first time. It, it It's powerful. It's, it's powerful and it's a, you know, beautiful feeling and at the same time it can be overwhelming which is expected because, like I said, it was a traumatic experience and it affects you mentally and emotionally. But it's, for me, I can say this, for me, it's it's been worth it. Every part of this journey has been worth it. And I'm just, I'm grateful, again, for such great supporters from day one. I mean, ever since day one, we've had the support of Of course, my family, which is very rare, believe it or not. There are many victims who do not have the support of their family. I'm talking about their immediate family. Moms, dads, siblings, who have nothing to do with individuals, you know, who come forward and say that they were raped, especially if it was by someone close to the family or someone in the family. They're so quick to ostracize them for speaking their truth. And that's what's wrong. And not even just in families, but in churches. Like, you cannot tell me. You cannot tell me these 37 years I've been on this earth that no one in the church has ever come forward to speak their truth. But even when I think back to my childhood, I don't remember anyone ever talking about abuse while in church. Like, at all. At all. And because I didn't hear it, I never felt compelled to tell anyone. And I feel like that's what happened with even in our churches because we haven't been talking about it in churches that no one feels compelled to really share their truth or share their experience of, or, or even say that, hey, it happened to me. I need help. What do, what can I do or how can you help me? And so now there are no resources. So it's kind of a chain reaction, which is why I say awareness is key. The conversation must be said. We have to have the conversation. And and at an early age, at an early age, parents, please talk to your children about, you know, good touch, bad touch, what it looks like, what a good touch looks like and what a bad touch looks like. Because a long, long, long time ago, they always used to say, don't talk to strangers, But it's not the strangers that we have to (laughs) watch out for. It's those uncles and some of the granddaddies and some of the aunties and the older cousins. It's some of the deacons and some of the ministers or the choir director of music. I mean, it's it's not strangers that we have to watch out for, but we really have to. It's sad that we have to do that, but that's how it is. Because, again, most victims, no, they're perpetrators so parents please have the conversation early with your children that's so key talking to them about what a good touch looks like what a bad touch looks like who is allowed to you know do what the purpose of the do- going to the doctors whenever they are touching you in your private areas and another thing they always uh, teach you and train is like quit quit nicknaming body parts especially when we're talking about our private areas <laughs> and i know Kids, they get a kick out of it. But I remember even with our mentoring group we had, when we would talk about um, good touch and bad touch, we would always talk about, you know, girls have a vagina, boys have a penis. and I do not know why they used to crack up. Like, it used to crack them up every time. But it's because it's not a part of everyday conversation. It's not one of those things that we talk about often as far as, like, even with, with children. And so when they hear the word penis or vagina, they're like, they're cracking up. They're like, what are y'all laughing about? It was hilarious, but it was still important. We still had to have the conversation. <laughs> we got our point across. And I can say that, even after meeting with those young girls in our mentoring group they they understood by the end of those twelve weeks what a good touch looks like, what a bad touch is, who to talk to, um you know understanding boundaries because a lot of times we overlook the boundaries for you know for children, but children have boundaries as well, and not making them hug or yeah, not making them hug you know, people that they don't want to hug. If they don't feel comfortable around certain older people, then do not make them hug them. A high five, a fist bump, that will suffice. But there is so much that uh, that I could cover. But like I said, we're going to spend, you know, part of this year celebrating One Touch Transformation in the 10 years and just everything that we've been able to do, the people that we have met. So I look forward to the, the upcoming shows for 2024 one such transformation and so if 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 you haven't had a chance to finish the entire story of Tamar if you want to hear what happens afterwards keep reading and and you'll find out the fate of Amnon but um Tamar she became this desolate woman and i just don't want anyone else to become desolate or feel like they have to remain desolate because we serve a God who is able to even deliver us from the pain of our past from everything that has that has traumatized us emotionally mentally or physically God will heal he can heal and like i said there's nothing wrong with therapy there's nothing wrong with um receiving counseling because i am a firm believer of of Jesus and i and i still went to the i uh, went to therapy so hey you can have both of them you can have both of them because, I I mean, without a doubt, I know that prayer works and I know that it is key and I know the word of God brings healing, but I also, like I said, received some counseling and some therapy. And everyone may not go to, go to that, and, and that's perfectly fine, whatever works for you, but I just want you to become an overcomer. I don't want you to remain desolate. I don't want you to remain in the pain of your past or have to suffer from it, but I want you to find freedom. Because the Bible declares that whom the Son is made free, he is free indeed. So I want you to have true freedom, free from whatever it is of your past. I know we may not all have dealt with the same dramatic experiences, but whatever you have gone through, whatever you have been through, whatever is still bothering you right now, tonight I want you to choose freedom. Choose God and choose freedom. That's that's why we have him, and that's why he says we can always come to him. Come to him. Even Whatever you're you're burdened with, whatever you're carrying, you can give it to God tonight. You can give it to him tonight. Whatever. There's nothing too hard for him. There's no problem that's too big, nothing, no mountain that's too high. You can still overcome it. And maybe... Maybe you don't know Christ tonight. Maybe someone who's listening may not know Christ and would like to be free. Receive Christ tonight so that you can receive freedom. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Behold, he stands at the door and knocks, and so it's up to you to let him in. I'm not saying that once you allow God to come in that your life is going to be perfect. No, it's not going to be perfect but you'll have a perfect God who's able to walk with you each and every day. So whenever you encounter life's problems, life's tragedies, that you'll have something to lean on. We serve a God who is full of mercy, full of grace, full of compassion. He's loving, he's kind, and he's forgiving. So even if whatever you've done wrong, guess what? He'll forgive you. I don't care what you have done up until this present moment. Guess what? God, can forgive you. He's just, and he's willing to forgive. And so we're going to pray tonight. And if you want to, if you want to, um, you know, let God into your life tonight, I want you to pray with me. God, we thank you and we love you. God, we ask for your forgiveness in this moment. God, we ask that you wash us. Anything that we may have said or done, any evil thought that may have come upon our mind that will keep us from entering into your kingdom, God, we ask you to forgive us. God, we believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for us and save us from all of our sins. And so, God, we ask you that you just continue to wash us through and through. God, we ask you to remove everything that's not of you and replace it with more of your love, your power, your anointing, and your Holy Spirit. And, God, I pray for Anyone who may be feeling desolate in this moment, anyone who is suffering from the pain of their past, who's having a hard time to accept and to understand why they had to go through what they had to go through. God, I pray that you give them the peace that they need. God, I ask you to show them the way. Maybe there's someone that they need to talk to or someone they need to reach out to. God, I ask that you speak to them, lead them to the right person, the trustworthy person. God, I pray for those who are a part of the rape crisis centers and the child preventative centers. God, we thank you for the work they are doing for their community. God, we ask that you continue to strengthen them as they do this work. God, I pray for everyone who is listening under the sound of my voice. God, anyone who may be sick, God, who may be, who need a touch from you, God, I ask you to touch them only like you can. Heal only like you can and deliver only like you can. God, I touch those that are in the hospital hospitals those that are in the nursing homes, those that are in the prisons. God, we ask you to touch those who are in office and authority from the president on down. God, we realize the things that are going on in this world and every decision that they make could affect us. And so, God, we ask you to direct the decisions that they even make. Look on the world leaders, um, the wars that are going on. God, we pray that you continue to strengthen all of us, strengthen our hearts, continue to help us to trust you, help us to escape these things that are coming upon this world. With so much violence going on, God, we ask you to continue to cover us, continue to protect us, only like you can. God, we ask you to continue to look on those who are bereaved, those who are who are lacking strength and trying to understand what has happened in their families. God, we ask you to comfort them. God, we just want to thank you for this moment again. Thank you for bringing us to this new year, Continue to be with us. And we'll forever give your name, all the glory, the honor, and the praise. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. All right, at this time, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Rob for Purpose Kingdom announcements.
0: All right, all right. Good way to kick in 2024. All right, uh, real quickly, this is the Product Purpose Kingdom Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode. No matter where in the world you are, whether you're listening to us on phone or online, we greatly appreciate your listenership and support of us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. And we also thank those that share with their friends and family members and let them know that Purpose Kingdom Network is on the air. Anytime we do a live broadcast, you're broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And we have a live show. We do have a call in number, which is 319-527-6091. Anytime you want to talk to anyone of the hosts, just press the number one, and we'll get you in as quickly as we can. Okay, we also invite you to like us on our Facebook page, which is at Purpose Kingdom. At Facebook, we can see our upcoming shows and advertisements, and from time to time, we do make major announcements on their social media pages as well as others. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Purpose underscore Kingdom. Okay. Uh, also, uh, please check out our radio network, which is pkn.com, We this 24 hours of music of inspiration. Uh, we also do have an email address where you can correspond with us, uh, it is at PurposeKingdomNet at com where you can see your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a praise request. We are gladly out of that. And also, those who are in need of a Bible, just leave your contact information, and we'll see about getting your Bible. Okay? And uh, please rejoin us again tomorrow at the 9 p.m. hour uh, for another episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. And once again, we with God's, with God's blessing. to join us again here at the 9 p.m. hour at Purpose Kingdom Network for another episode at the 9 p.m. hour. Okay, and with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcements. we am going to hand the show back over to Minister Colvin. Minister Colvin, excellent show tonight.
1: Thank you, Brother Rob. Thank you. All right, so um, before I sign off, I would like to leave a couple of resources for you that would be helpful if you would like to write them down or pass it along or even post it. You know, there's everybody posting everything else, <laughs> all of the drama all of their opinions about what's going on with everybody else. But, hey, how about post this? <laughs> all right, so the National Sexual Assault Hotline, just in case someone may need it on your timeline, um, even if you need it, if you know someone who needs it, the Sexual Assault Hotline is 1-800-656-4673. Again, that number is one eight hundred six five six four six. 656 Seven, three, and that is the National Sexual Assault Hotline That number is available 24 hours If you Google Sexual Assault Hotline It gives you the option to chat with someone If you do not want to talk over the phone So you have two options You can call or you can chat Another resource that I would like to recommend Is rain.org. That's R A I N N. norg Org, which is an acronym for Rape Abuse Incest National Network It's one of the largest nonprofit organizations when, when dealing with sexual assault You can find all kinds of information You can find the statistics You can find information that you can print That is helpful for your community Or for your churches If you need to do any kind of presentations You have everything that you need on that website I'm telling you Everything that you need is up there Um the signs, what you can do to prevent. I mean, it's full of information. So that is rain. dot org. R a i n n. dot o r g. Rain Rape Abuse Incense National Network. I am also a speaker for the Rain Speakers Bureau. So I've been a part of that now for almost ten years. I might have joined. I think it's been about 10 years, and so I have been able to do a couple of speaking engagements because of them. So another great platform to share my story and to kind of get out there and hear other stories. But, again, brain.org. And one more resource that I would like to share that is not often talked about are resources for men, and it's called 1in6.org. That's the number one, I-N, the number six. And that's a very helpful resource for male survivors. So, again, we don't hear a lot about male survivors, you know, due to the stigma that comes with it, but it happens to males, too. This is not something that's just a a girl thing or a female thing, but it happens to males as well. So that's 1in6.org. All right, so again, you got the sexual assault hotline, one-eight hundred six five six four six seven three. You've got rain.org, R A I N N dot O R G, and one in six dot org. So please, 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 like look at these organizations, these websites, share the information on your page because again, you never know who on your timeline needs to see this. Every this is not something that everyone just Talks about, and they're not going to come come out and say, "Hey, I need help, or I need these resources, or I need someone to help me," or even say it happened to me. So please share these resources on your Facebook, on your Twitter, on your Instagram, on your TikTok, like for real, because like I said, everyone else is sharing foolishness, sharing their opinions of how they feel about people, and you got people on your timeline who are feeling desolate who are still suffering in silence. Matter of fact, I'm going to make sure I share all three of these resources on my timeline tonight because I told you, I asked you to do it, so I'm going to make sure I do the same thing. If you're following me, hey, you can share the post. And you can find me on Facebook at Arthenius Jackson Colvin, Arthenius Jackson Colvin, and also on Instagram, AJ Colvin. I'm sorry, Arthinius J. Colvin. I had to change it since I've gotten married, so... Yes, Arthenius Jackson Colvin and Arthenius J Colvin. One Touch Transformation is also on Facebook. You can type in One Touch Transformation. Please follow the page so you can find out what upcoming events we'll have for this year celebrating our 10 years. Again, I'm excited. I'm excited about the shows or the, the episodes that are going to come. They're going to have a treat. They're going to have a treat this year. They're going to have a treat. So again. Please, please share the resources, read up about Tamar, share the story of Tamar within your community and your churches, hint, hint, pastors if you're listening, ministers if you're listening. Now is the time, like it's been time to talk about it, but use this as, you know, a conversation starter. All right, so. I want to thank everyone for calling in or listening online. All our online listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for another great episode. Again, welcome to 2024. I'm excited about what's to come, what God is going to do, and I hope you are too. And remember, like, you do not have to remain in that desolate place. You do not have to allow the pain of your past to dictate who you are and who you are destined to be. You're destined for greatness. You don't have to remain in your past, all right? So just continue to be strong, be strong, find your voice, find the power. It's it's already within you. Just let you know that's the secret. It's already within you. So you just have to be the one to go ahead and let it loose. (laughs) Let it loose because God has already given it to you.
0: And even if
1: you're feeling fearful, just know that God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. So it's already there. It's already there. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. Have a good night and have a great week. Bye-bye. Jesus, Lord. He raised me, I, I will, will not, lose. Lose. He me, I will will not lose. lose. He saved me, I will not will lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never want to see you down, I will
0: not lose. He